One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Royal Rumble Ups and Downs show. And it is that time of the year where we have to be really quick with the intro because it is so damn hard to go through one Royal Rumble, let alone two. <laughs> and boy, howdy, do we have a lot to talk about? Let us up those doubts. The last thing that I did when watching the Royal Rumble was shout, I knew it! Because I'm a strange, strange guy. But our first match was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And in my infinite nerd wisdom, I went, oh, well, clearly Roman's going to lose here. Then he'll enter the Royal Rumble win, and we can set up Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. And I was kind of right, but I was also extremely, extremely wrong. Before all of that, though, Seth Rollins deserves some kind of award. I don't know what award that would be, given an Oscar for all I care, because after Roman had made his entrance, Seth made his, and to continue on these mind games, he came out to the Shields music and he did their entrance, and Roman was in the ring reacting like, oh, I can't believe they're not going to make wood anymore. You just got to give Seth a round of applause, because this guy is great. These dudes absolutely rocked it as well with some terrific back and forth wrestling action and the whole time Seth was just being an obnoxious asshole. Like at one point he had been speared on the mat and he looked up at Roman and just went <laughs> and did that laugh. Seriously, what other awards are there? We give him an Oscar, give him a Grammy, give him a Tony, give him a Brit Award, which is a British thing we do over here. If you have something shiny, go and find Mr. Rollins, give it to him. There was also this great near fall after Seth had hit the buckle bomb and the curb stomp and honestly I made that noise you do when you totally buy into a three count I went but Roman was still able to kick out and at this stage because they had done like plenty of back and forth wrestling tennis I genuinely didn't know who was going to win which is why this was so good it then got to the point when Roman Reigns was able to lock into the guillotine choke and I was like well surely they're not just gonna have Seth Rollins passed out that would be kind of lame and by hook or by crook eventually he got to the ropes and he grabbed it and the crowd made a bunch of sounds and so did I. I was like, this is so well done before it completely unraveled itself. Because on a flipping premium live event, they go WWE, I'll use your word, Roman Reigns, look at me, just grabbing my eyeballs, refused to release the hold 
So the referee disqualified him. And I'm not saying you can't do this finish. I'm not saying there isn't a place that WWE does it all the time. They do it on Raw. They do it on SmackDown. They do it on pay-per-views. That's right. I changed my mind. It's just so boring. And it doesn't mean that these two didn't smash it because they absolutely did. But when we got to the end, I felt disappointed. And don't you think I have been through enough? I mean, look at my flubbing head. And Reigns as ever was brilliant because he was all like, he made me do it, he made me do it, as if he was turning into some kind of robot. So as usual, I am stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'm not a horrible person. There's no way I would watch this match and give it a down. So it does get an up, I did that in a funny way. But when you get to that boring finish, of course it has to get a down. Because as ever, you watch it as a fan going, oh wow, these two super duper stars facing off. Who will win? Who will lose? And the answer is basically, well, nobody did much of anything. The head of the table did lose it afterwards and destroyed Seth Rollins with a chair. And at first I was like, well, you can't just abandon this feud because the guy who ended the shield just got shielded by one of the other guys that was in the shield. But don't forget, a few months ago, Finn Balor fell off a top rope. And that was that, the end of that program. So I kind of have a feeling I know what's going to happen here. And then it was time for our Women's Raw Rumble. And honestly, the absolute speculation before this, and as always, bear with me, it is so hard to recap a flipping Raw Rumble. It was designed for Pops as Sasha Banks was number one, and we had our first kind of surprise, but not really, because Melina was in at number two, and all the fans loved this. They were like, oh, Melina, we haven't seen you in nigh on 20 years. So she got in there, and Sasha Banks went, nah, bruh, <laughs> and she threw her right out. It was also very nicely timed because number three was then ready to go, and the Raw Rumble got Mina because it was Tamina, and then out of four was Kelly Kelly. This kind of made me laugh because she's always so happy. She comes out like, I just want to be in the Royal Rumble. But Tamina, I mean, obviously, she's not into happy people. She just wants to be mean. So she just went bamo and hit her. It was Sasha that got rid of her properly after Kelly had basically eliminated herself. And then we carried on with the entrance because out came Aaliyah, which I suppose carried on this, oh man, I'm just so joyous vibe. Liv Morgan was out after that and she just sprinted to the ring as if she was the ultimate warrior. And this is when the Royal Rumble got really stupid because a bunch of people were about to be eliminated when Tamina went around breaking it up. And I was like, Tamina, I know you want to be Mina, but you also have to be smart here. Let them go over the top rope because then you'll have a better chance of winning. We were then flying through the entries, which I suppose was fine, and Zelina Vega was out looking like she had just joined the Legion of Doom. Although there was a massive surprise here, at least for me, because she knocked out Sasha Banks. Now, I don't know where that's going to tie anything into the future. Honestly, look at my face. I've been doing this for the last few hours. There's no time to mourn because Bianca Belair then started to fill up our star quota. And once again, Tamina was just going around stopping people being thrown to the top rope. And I was shouting at my television like some kind of crazy person. And then we did get Dana Brooke. But honestly, it took me about a year to realize it was her. I swear she changes her entrance music every single week. It was around this point that you realized the Royal Rumble was lagging a bit, which was going to be a problem for both this one and the men's one later. But we did get Michelle McCall. Then we had this one bit where it looked like Dana Brooke was going to be eliminated. But Reggie, who was also at ringside, caught her and then just put her back on the apron. I was a bit like... Well, I suppose that was kind of fun, but there was definitely something missing. Michelle McCool got rid of Dana anyway, so that was a waste of time when Sonya Deville made her way into the Raw Rumble and she's back to doing this jacket thing. So she took a seat with the commentator and said, as you can see, I'm wearing clothes right now, so I can't be in the Raw Rumble, but as soon as I want to be in it, I will take off this coat. 
I mean, it's actually flubbing ridiculous. So on one very small level, I loved it. Natalia was out next and Corey Grace had this great line where he said, you know, Natalia can't sleep at night because she can't get over the fact she's never headlined WrestleMania. So I was like, gee whiz, Nay, you must be really tired. And there was this one really good bit afterwards where she tried to get rid of Tamina, nobody Mina, and Bianca Belair, but Bianca held on. Belair really should have won this, but as you can probably tell by my tone of voice, she did not. Cameron was then another surprise as somewhere Steve Austin had flashbacks. And I am going to give some credit to WWE here because at least they went, you know what, we should put a story into the Royal Rumble. So they did. Because Sonya Deville on commentary learned that Cameron and Naomi used to be friends. So she took off her jacket, magically became a wrestler, and she threw Cameron out. All you need to do is take these small seeds and sprinkle them across the rumble, which for some reason in 2022 we did not do. So given that we did do it here, uh. and that carried on too because then Naomi was out, and I was like, is the Royal Rumble scripted? Because that seems very handy. And all we did is that she went to Sonya, said, I do not like you, and she eliminated her, and that made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum tum because the good guy surpassed the bad guy. It really can be that easy. Carmella then became the most beautiful person in the Rumble, whatever the flub she was going on about, when she was swiftly joined by Rhea Ripley. And thankfully, we gave a little something something to Rhea because she knocked out both of the tag team champions. And I won't lie, when the commentator said that, I was like, oh yeah, data tag team champions. I forgot. And as always though, Rhea is never allowed to have any spotlight without Charlotte Flair coming to ruin the party. So out came the champion. And then we had a Hulk Hogan Sid Justice moment because she grabbed Naomi, she chucked her out. Naomi was able to stay in. But Sonya was like, ha ha, I'm going to pull you out to the floor. And never forget, you're allowed to do that in the Royal Rumble. So why everybody doesn't do it, I don't know. I then though, my friends, popped huge. Because even though my ears started to bleed and I wanted to ram my face into some glass, the right to censor theme started playing, which I cannot handle. Because it's just an alarm going constantly. But it was Ivory, and I tell you, she played this gimmick so good. I did not see it coming, even though a lot of the rumors had leaked beforehand. This really did make me react to the point I am giving it up. She also kept talking the entire time, saying, oh, you women are absolute idiots. I hate all of you. And even when Rhea Ripley grabbed her and went goodbye and threw her over the top rope, Ivory kept talking. So I won't lie, the MVP of the entire night was Ivory. And I'm not even joking. But then, speaking of entrance music, oh no. Because if you have been watching Ups and Downs for a long time, you know I cannot handle, and I mean it, I laugh, but I, I mean it, seriously, Brie Bella's entrance music. The way it goes, as if some kind of snake is slithering through my ears, it makes me do that. It makes me do this weird little dance, like I'm trying to charm a snake out of a box or something like that. And when it hit here, I once again just thought about running around hoping I'd just fall down on the floor and then maybe I'll come to later and feel better. I hate it so much, down. Then aside though, it obviously was Brie Bella in the Raw Rumble and everybody loved her and she got a great reaction. So I thought that was really nice. She did all the yes stuff. I don't know what else to say about it. We really weren't getting enough eliminations done though. And I really don't understand why because the whole thing got clogged. Although again, there were these little trinkets that just made you go, oh, that was a wonderful moment. Especially when Mickey James came out next. She had the Impact World Championship. And I think everybody in there understood, well, I am seeing history right now. I mean, a weird kind of history, but history all the same. So I'm giving it up. Madness then literally kept coming because Alicia Fox was in the thing. I like Alicia Fox and I don't know why. But at this point, you do have to point in that direction and say down. It was just, 
there was no real direction here. And like I say, it was really stodgy and you just wanted to get to the latter numbers. And no good Royal Rumble should do that. It should keep you on your tootsie toes. Nikki Ash followed all of this. And at one point, it looked like she was going to toss Rhea Ripley because Rhea was shouting at the entranceway when Nikki Ash appeared behind her. But thankfully, this did not happen. And instead, Ripley grabbed her and called her a twerp. And twerp is absolutely a word we need to bring back into wrestling. And the legend that is Summer Rae was in at number 23. And if you want to come at me for those things I just said, for the love of everything, go get a real problem. Corey Graves was then back with another great line because he was like, oh man, you see all these feuds from yesteryear rearing their heads again as if Summer Rae had been sat at home for like 10 years going, I can't believe what Natalia did to me back in 2004. All of her friends would be like, Summer, you need to calm down. It really don't matter. Natalia threw her out anyway, so she will have to go back home and worry about this even more. We got Nikki Bella in there, which was kind of nice. She was able to punch out Elisa Fox when Sarah Logan made her way to the ring. And the Bellas just went, ha ha, we're heels now. Because they threw out Logan and they threw out Liv Morgan. And obviously they got booed. Lita then arrived and she got a mega reaction, as did Mighty Molly, which really made me laugh because when her music hit, some people in the crowd went, whoa, like Elvis had come back to life or something. And I also think this was kind of clever and kind of smart because Nikki Ash beat her up and threw her over the top rope because there can only be one superhero. And then my friends, yes, we were able to prove that all the chatter in the week had been true. Because in at number 28 was the biggest surprise of all. It was Ronda Rousey. And even if you didn't like this, go and listen to the fans. They absolutely went bonkers. They could not believe it which is why WWE brought her back to begin with. Shotzi came out at number 29, and because I'm an idiot, for a split second I went, oh man, maybe Becky Lynch is going to be number 30. But of course it had to be Shayna Baszler, and that was also quite something something, because of course Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler have a proper past. The bit that absolutely made me lose my mind, though, is when finally everybody was going at it, and we were getting some eliminations. Charlotte Flair throughout Rhea Ripley, which means so far, and I'm still waiting for it to play out, every single time these two have gone at it, Charlotte Flair has just squished the nightmare like a bug. I mean, do we not look at Rhea Ripley and go, man, we've probably got a superstar here? No, I don't think we do. Down. We were then down to our final four, which was Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, and Ronda Rousey. And of course, Charlotte was allowed to throw everybody out before it was Ronda versus Charlotte. And honestly, within seconds, Ronda got rid of Flair, meaning we probably are going to be doing Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania. And that was that Ronda Rousey one. And look, it was fun enough overall, although you would certainly not put this in one of the best Rumbles ever brackets. I don't actually mind Ronda Rousey winning. Like, I would have rather Bianca Belair had won, but given what's going to happen later on, I'm going to give it an up. And it's not really an overall up, but I just felt like it deserved another up. But also, it really didn't. I don't know. I'm trying my best. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. 
until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And then it was Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop, a sign in the arena set on fire so nobody paid any attention. And in around about 10 minutes, Becky just hit the manhandle slam and she won. She retained her title. I don't know why we did this. It did nothing for the drop down. The WWE title was on the line after that, though. And put your hands up if you were pumped. Because this was the definition of big dude slapping man meat. And my word, I was excited. And we locked up to begin with. And both guys were like, oh, man, the other person is really strong. And they started German suplexing each other. But Brock Lesnar, flub me, man. He did these Germans to Bobby Lashley when he just dropped Bob on his head. So if somebody knows Mr. Lashley, please go and check if he's okay. We then saw Lashley go for a spear on the outside, but he went crashing through Barry Barricade. So once again, he's probably like this this morning, all do lally. And then when we got back in the ring, of course, it was Suplex City time. It was the Brock Lesnar match. Bobby was able to apply the hurt lock before long and Brock Lesnar sold that like his head was about to come off. But this is when we hit the shenanigans button because we took out the referee. It's when Brock finally hit the F5 onto Lashley. I honestly pinned him for around about 72 years. He was down for such a long time as WWE made it clear nobody beats Brock. Brock doesn't lose, and even though he is about to be defeated, please do not forget this moment. From nowhere though, Roman Reigns teleported into the ring from the Starship Enterprise. He speared Roman Reigns, he turned to Paul Heyman as like, give me the belt, Paul, which he did. He smashed Brock in the head, and while for about eight seconds it looked like this was going to be left open, no it was not, and the special counsel left with the tribal chief. They screwed Brock. And this didn't come as a massive surprise because I think most of us predicted this about a month ago. This is when Bobby came to and he was like, oh, sweet, a dead body. So he was like second fiddle Fred, but he pinned him to become WWE champion once again. I don't care how we get there. I love the fact that Bobby Lashley now is a multiple time champ. I mean, he just found his way. I don't even know what that means, but he's found his way and I really like him. I would say in many ways, this wasn't as good as I was expecting, but I still had fun. And the mixed tag team match was next. Once again, it was fine. We're going to zoom through this as we did with Becky and Dewdrop, but basically Edge beat up The Miz for a little while, and then Maurice got beaten up by Beth Phoenix for a while, and then Maurice attacked Edge, and Miz got taken down by Beth Phoenix. I think that's right. When the Copelands finally hit dual glam slams, and they got the one, two, three. This was okay for what it was, but the best part was you could just tell that everybody involved loved the fact that they were teaming up with their partner to do it on a pretty big stage like the Royal Rumble. And the human side of wrestling gets ignored all the time so that I liked, and it's getting it up. It was then time for the men's Raw Rumble, and once again, we will break it down. I'm going to do something I rarely do here. I'm going to give it a preemptive down, because yes, this was not a particularly entertaining Raw Rumble. Some bits, it just slowed to a crawl, almost like we were trying to figure out at the back what we were going to do. 
And it wouldn't surprise me if the winner of this was only decided in the last 48 hours, and then we had to try and switch everything else around, which didn't really work. So yes, that's a doubt. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura were numbers one and two though, but that was pretty cool if you're a geek like me. And then Austin Theory came out at three, which surprised me. Bobby Roode was there four, and if you're a Bobby Roode fan, WWE let you know you're a moron and you need to rethink your life. He was honestly out in what, like eight seconds? And then here came Ridge Holland. We also had Montez Ford, Damian Priest at number seven. And I think this was Happy Damo as well as Sami Zayn. So you're probably now thinking, well, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental title. But no, you're not allowed that because before Sami even got there, Shinsuke was out. Instead, we did prioritize the Johnny Knoxville storyline. And again, amazingly, he was the next dude to the ring. I was like, how do they keep having this fall into their lap? Although fair play to Johnny Knoxville. He beat up Sami Zayn for a little while, but then AJ Styles punched him right in the face. Montez Ford gave him this big splash. Ridge Holland put him on the apron before Sami came running at him and he went out and he got eliminated. But he really did take some punishment here. And then seconds later, AJ Styles knocked out Sami Zayn because we're never allowed nice things. Angelo Dawkins was 10 and then honestly, about 20 seconds later, Omos arrived at 11. I spent the whole time going, well, how he's got a win. Clearly, he's seven foot two tall. How the hell is anyone gonna be able to throw him out? He just squished the Street Profits so they were gone. Then Ricochet came out at number 12 and he almost got eliminated and he didn't. And then Chad Gable was headed to the squared circle. Honestly, he was running like one of those No Mercy characters back on the N64. I flipping love Chad though, because he rallied the troops. He was like, look, there's lots of us and there's only one Omos. If we work together, we should be able to get him out. So Damien Priest was like, well, I'll big, I try. And he just got lobbed to the floor. He's a US champion and he came across like a schmuck. Dominic Mysterio entered after this though. And with the help of AJ Styles, obviously, they all were able to tip Omos off. And do you know how he reacted to this? He went, Bruh. that's what he did. He just growled and kind of made his lips wiggle a little bit. Happy Corbin was in at number 15 and I cheered a little bit. So that sums up how I think about this man. And he threw out Ricochet because of course he must be hated all of the damn time. Dolph Ziggler was 16th as Baron got rid of Dominic. So I was like, all that chatter between son and father Ray was for nothing. And then kind of surprisingly, AJ Styles eliminated Austin Theory. I suppose we're not done with that feud. Sheamus then came out to have a fight and I swear, there must have been somebody backstage with a gun to the countdown guy's head because we were flying through entrance and even before he was able to make it to the ring, his stalker Ridge Holland got eliminated by duh, 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 AJ Styles. Number 18 followed and it was Rick Boogs. If you never watched wrestling before, you would have thought everyone was booing this man. Of course they were going Boogs, but you wouldn't know that. And he grabbed Chad Gable and he got rid of him. And he flexed for a while. It was Kenny more threats backstage because out came Mad Cat Moss at 19. But he, of course, teamed up with his body, Happy Corbin, instantly. And they threw out AJ Styles. So on one half, I was like, my poor heart, my broken heart. And the other was like, I love these two. They should be doing tag team dynamics in the Royal Rumble. It's made me very, very confused. Riddle was in at number 20, but then we actually finally got some little bits of story in the Men's Royal Rumble, because the next surprise was Drew McIntyre. Of course, he was meant to be injured. And who did he go after? Corbin and Moss. And who did he throw out of there? Corbin and Moss, because they were the two guys that injured him in the first place. We really did need more of this across the whole show. And it's getting it up. The Rumble then got even better because Kevin Owens entered and he was swiftly followed by Rey Mysterio. And given what happened a few years ago, everybody cheered Ray, 
which always makes me rather pleased. I was then even more pleased because it was this moment I realised in the crowd there was a sign that said Simon Miller is my dad, which means I have a lot of questions to answer, but of course you do get an up because you won the day. And then Rey Mysterio had this little thing with Riddle. He took the best stunner you've ever seen in your life. I really think we do have to remember what we have with this man. 24 was Kofi Kingston. And this is where we have to bow our heads and look to the floor. Because my word, if you don't like being a sad panda, never watch this. Because after years of doing all these tremendous Raw Rumble escapes, he was hurled off the top rope. He was clearly meant to grab Barry Barricade, but he slipped. Close my eyes, pretend it didn't happen. Both his feet hit the floor. So in a proper shoot, as they say in the wrestling business, the ref had to go, I'm sorry, Kofi. You're gonna have to leave. And so this was like watching Bambi's mum get shot, whatever happened in that stupid movie. It crushed me. I felt so bad for Kofi Kingston to the point I'm giving it a down. And not a bad one, like that was rubbish, but I feel like I need to give something back to Kofi who has given so much to us. So it's a very, very upset down. And I suppose that's the end of that. Owens was swiftly thrown in there so you would forget about all of this. And he spent most of his time going, for the academy. And that made me really laugh. Once again, the rumble just started to lull here because nothing was happening. We turned that around when Big E was able to arrive. And if you can believe it, he is actually apparently officially back on SmackDown. So why are we even bothering with the brand split or the draft anymore? It's an absolute joke. And then we had another surprise. It was Bad Bunny. I love that guy. Like at WrestleMania, for a dude that basically has no experience, he is so good at wrestling. And if you can believe it, he low bridged Sheamus out of there. And Sheamus deserves way more respect than he gets. We will miss him when he's gone. It's the same with Dolph Ziggler, who also got eliminated by the bunny. And do not forget, if you like to watch wrestling and remember all the narratives, Bad Bunny entered this because he wanted a headline WrestleMania. 28 was kind of great, but kind of annoying because it was Shane McMahon. And while I was so pleased to see him back, you could just tell they'd done this in order to get a pop because they hadn't got a pop for a while. And as ever, the camera was so focused on this, they miss Rey Mysterio getting chucked out by Otis. Why do we not care about Rey? All of my joy was then thrown out the window though, because the very first thing that McMahon did when he got in there was chuck Kevin Owens. I was like, Kevin Owens is gone. And there was no ceremony to this whatsoever. I mean, look how deflated I've become. I was like a balloon three days after a pie. He also just potatoed McIntyre right in the jaw. And number 29 was Randy Orton. And that was kind of cool because he was in his hometown. So he got a bid reaction. But he grabbed Big E and he threw him over the top rope. And you would think the commentator would be like, oh no, not Big E. He was one of the favorites. I don't think they even mentioned it. So between Kevin Owens and that, you have to give it a down. Why ain't we doing right by Big E? It did allow RK Bro to do this amazing looking flying RKO thing that you should check out. And it's about that time they got rid of Otis. Which of course brings us to number 30. And as it turns out, all of the rumors that were flying around this week were true. Ronda was in the women's and Brock Lesnar was in the men. And no one actually explained how this was possible. I mean, what did Lesnar do? Did he murder the person that was supposed to be in this spot and just take it? Everyone was like, well, I don't want to mess with Lesnar. So let him do it. And seriously, we may as well speed up the recap here because he got in the ring and he just beat everyone. The final four were Brock, Riddle, Shane, Lol, and Drew McIntyre. Although fair played the bad bunny because he very willingly took an F5 before all of this. And again, you already know what happened. Brock just smashed them all. Now, he did end with Brock and Drew McIntyre, which was a nice callback to the 2020 Royal Rumble. But 
through, couldn't do anything. He got F5'd to the outside and going to WrestleMania, obviously to take on Roman Reigns, because if we don't do that, the whole world will implode is Brock Lesnar. Now, I did like this twist when you actually sit down and map it out. It's really cool for someone to go, well, I got screwed in my championship match. Now I'll get back at that person by winning the Royal Rumble. But the problem is, Brock Lesnar don't need to win the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar could literally turn up on Raw and SmackDown and sit there for 90 minutes and do nothing. And everyone would still be like, man, that Brock Lesnar, he's going to get your ass. I think that is the problem here is that there was a way to get to Roman and Brock without Brock winning the Rumble. Whereas a Kevin Owens or a Big E or even putting Seth Rollins in that position, well, it would have just been far better. So while I did enjoy it in the moment, when you start looking long term, you got to call a spade a spade and you gotta give it a down. Which brought us to the end of the Raw Rumble. And honestly, you should see my notes for this. It's an absolute mess, like my life most of the time. And it was like, okay. But the problem is, a Raw Rumble can't be okay anymore because we've seen how good WWE can do this. Sometimes they have smashed it out the park. So overall, we gotta give it a down. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.